Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. We're going to be talking about five things that every Catholic man should be doing. So all you Catholic men out there, you should listen. And Catholic women, you should be holding your men accountable that they need to be doing these five things that will help them reclaim their proper place in society and be the type of men that are best for families, the church, and for God. So my brothers, I'm going to leave you with this Latin phrase, esto vir, be a man. really excited about this episode today. We have a very special guest, James Baxter uh, from Exodus 90. Uh, this is a ministry that's forming men through a 90-day spiritual exercise that uh, we've probably will be sharing over the next few months because yeah, it's starting on, soon. Depending on what time this uh, episode airs, uh, we might actually... Actually, you know what? No, it's going to be starting this Thursday. So it's going to be starting this next... Ex- this is going to be starting September 26th, which is a Thursday. Yeah, right. 90 great days to, to Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and it's great to have you here because yeah. you've yeah. got a lot of familiarity with, obviously, this program and uh, a lot of the fruit we're excited to hear about. Um, but let's jump in. I mean, like, yeah. before that, you want yeah. to tell me? No, I, I've got to say that one of our sponsors is is Exodus 90, so it's great to have you yeah. on the Father. show, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. a delight. Yeah, man. And for you to figure out more about what the Catholic Talk Show is all about, the best way to do it, catholictalkshow.com. So when you go on that website, you're going to see every single way that you could either listen in or view. We have multiple listening platforms and our viewing platform with Catholic TV. We're syndicated with them. So we're being passed around the country right now through their efforts. And they're also a wonderful partner of ours, as well as on YouTube. If you go onto the YouTube channel and type in the Catholic Talk Show, you're going to see a way where you could subscribe and then click a little bell. So when that bell rings, church bell, we want you to click that bell because every time we produce a video, it will be coming right at the top of your feed so you won't miss anything that we produce and especially a big shout out to our patrons through patreon.com forward slash the catholic talk show it's your support that help us to bring wonderful people like james on the show to continue to produce these wonderful substantive programs through the brilliant mind of ryan shield and our writers and of course the good Ryan Delacross. You don't need to say that. They already they know. Already know. Yes, they yes. already know. But it's an awesome way to pr- produce this effort with your support. And we thank you. And how are we getting started? I, yeah. I need to know these so five I think, things. I think the thing that we need to discuss first is just the situation that uh, men in general, but more specifically to our Catholic talk show, is how Catholic men find themselves in a very odd position in the today's society. Today's society is not very is not a very conducive place for a man who desires to be a virtuous, strong, productive Catholic man to find his way. There's so many factors that are affecting men in this world from television, from uh, technology, from pornography, from uh, lack of prayer, lack of prayer, lack of direction, lack of fraternity, Fraternity, uh, lack of brotherhood and, and lack of leadership. So men really, don't get the proper care that they they deserve because they do need attention. They need structures. They need programs that will allow them to become what God intends them to be, the greatest man that they can be. And that's going to have a benefit throughout society because if you look at 
the issues of our society. It's a lot of it is because of the lack of fathers and the, the fatherlessness of children being raised without a male role model. I mean, it is God's design that a child have a man and a woman as parents who are teaching them the complementary um, ways to live their life. And uh, when you look at some of the areas of our society, then the impacts of divorce or the impacts of not having a father around, it is reverberating in an incredibly harmful and dangerous way that our society is in trouble if men don't start answering the call and stepping up to the plate and being the men that society, family, and the church needs. And what we're going to talk about are five things today that can help them to start forming themselves, uh, you know, into yeah. into a proper man. Yeah, Be- because, man fully alive. Yeah, man fully yeah. alive. Estovir, if we don't have the structures and the examples of developing our masculinity and the person and masculinity of Jesus Christ, the manifestation of the Father's love, if we don't have that, where would we turn? We just turn to a base reality, and that's where our nature is inclined toward non-being, as St. Augustine describes. Mm-hmm. And we want to be fully alive, not mm-hmm. toward non-being. We want to be fully alive. We don't want to be dead. Yeah. You know, we want to be alive members of the mystical body of Christ. And in order to do that, we need good examples and we need role models in our life. I come from a divorced family. I, I absorbed masculinity and respect to my father, my grandfather, my coaches, my, you know, rappers growing up, you know, and, and looking yeah. to these like strong so masculine much. figures. Believe that it or not. Believe so it much. Why we were rapping earlier. <laughs> <laughs> off camera, of course. Off camera. There's a big gold chain under that. I do. Yeah. No, it's actually silver. I got rid of my gold chain. So I got more bling. I got my, yeah. but, but no, like. I, you know, in truth, I, I started searching in all of these different people, good, bad, indifferent, but the perfect mass, the perfect manifestation of masculinity was not until I encountered the person of Christ. Right. And that for me radically transformed yeah. my life and helped me to appropriate who am I spending time with in their example of masculinity so that I can grow into becoming yeah. a man? I think, you know, we talk about the challenges facing men today in the way that in so many ways men are, are being misled or, or kind of neutered, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. forced to sit on the sideline. I think the thing that inspires me or gives me so much hope is how much potential lies in the heart of every man. You know, th- I mean, think of you before a priest. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know your story super yeah. well, but the man you are today was in latency, ninja. you know. He was right. base. Right. <laughs> you know, but, 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 you know, think of all those men out there who are, you know, kind of struggling with that indirection even now. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. So it's super, super motivating. And I know we're, we'll talk about Exodus later, but uh, it reminds me so much of the beginning of the story of the book of Exodus. Right. Mm. Uh, in fact, um, you know, it's not because the Israelites were weak that they were mm. in bondage. They had all this potential, they had all this strength and the Pharaoh feared their strength, which is why he oppressed them further. I see that being like such a powerful image for, for men today who have all of this potential, all of this power, mm. but it's misdirected and has yeah. severe consequences like you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And that's not to say that men need to reclaim some sort of superiority right. over everyone in sure. the world to have this kind of male dominated patriarchal society that, uh, I don't know, our modern society would say, oh, man, this is toxic. And that's, that's not a man fully alive either. That is not the fullest potential of a man is a, uh, oppressive nature. The real strength of a man comes in leadership and in support and, 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 uh, guiding, not in, I guess, lording, lording over. over. That's not, that, that is a, that's a weak man that needs to use either force or coercion to 
lead others. That's yeah. that's not what this is about. So uh, that there's a really cool analogy that you said with the, the Israelites and the modern man. And I think for the context of this episode, before we get into these these specific five things that men need to start <coughs> doing, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about number one, what Exodus ninety is, and what led you to to create this really powerful um, this really powerful prayer practice and program that's transforming men's lives. Yeah, sure. Sure. So Exodus, uh, like we're saying is a 90 day spiritual exercise for men. Um, what's so interesting is that, uh, started as a seminary formation program experiment, basically, uh, from a, a mentor of mine who arrived at a seminary with a new assignment uh, as a vice director of human formation, fancy term for basically being responsible for the men's character. And, uh, and, but, but as he arrived there, he just realized as good as these young men were and their intentions to serve, they just, you know, manifold idols, you know, Mm -hmm. in the way of doing that in full freedom. So this whole thing started out as a very, you know, an attempt to to help a a real problem in his seminary. Mm -hmm. So for some guys, sure. That looked like, you know, pornography struggles, uh, Netflix, social media, wasting away their lives on video games. Um, you know, leaning into the drink to, to food to kind of medicate the tough times. So the idols were different, but the need for freedom was was a was a certainly constant. Excellent. So uh, that's where this whole thing started. The bones of what happened over those three years uh, were shared with me about five years ago, and you know we just asked a simple question: If these men are in need, you know, can you imagine laymen everywhere who don't have the luxury of a formation house? And so uh, Exodus is a you know is an offering. It's a formation experience for men everywhere. You know to to, to get together in fraternities, uh, commit to a, an intentional life full of self-denial, uh, and then a sort of demand, you know, we're pretty, you know, it's not a negotiable thing. We really encourage the men to, mm-hmm. to develop that contemplative life and start encountering the Lord on a daily basis. So uh, all that's to say mm-hmm. that was handed to me, and and it's just been amazing what's gone on in the last mm-hmm. five years. So Yeah, one of the things that I love about uh, Exodus and, and Exodus 90 is the focus on the church fathers yeah. and then the focus on the, particularly the desert fathers. Yeah. The desert fathers, um, I think have a lot of inspiration for this and they are just a paradigm of manliness and self-control, asceticism, and and, austerity yeah. and mm-hmm. continence and all the things that a man should want to be personally accountable, personally strong, personally capable, well thought out, but simple, but complex of mind. I mean, these are the things that any man should strive to be, and the Desert Fathers really exemplify that. And the focus that Exodus has on that is something that was really appealing to me. Yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting when we uh, who really knows or has a devotion to the Desert Fathers today? You, okay, and you. Yeah. Well, not but a ton this of is, people. That's fifty percent of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Statistically, yeah. I mean, that's enough. This is a bias, this is a bias room. And so, so right, we're good. Yeah, but we, when we think about like the spirituality that's at the heart of this, you're right. It's a, a sort of representation mm-hmm. on the Desert Fathers. And what's so interesting historically, it was at a time where Christianity was becoming legalized that they, you know, fled to the desert. Mm-hmm. You know, because they viewed martyrdom as the greatest Christian ideal. And that wasn't going to be possible in the same way that it had been in the centuries previous. Right. Yeah. And so that's why they sought this sort of martyrdom or martyrdom, you know, of the self, the ego, you know, their, 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 you know, their pride uh, in the desert. Right. So it's, it's so interesting today, you know, we consider how easy in a way it can be to just kind of float along as a Christian and it's kind of, you know, 
non-denominationalism is, you know, having its way with us. Um, I think it's important that, and I think there's a similarity between their time and ours uh, and the need to, to choose suffering and mm-hmm. to choose sacrifice amidst so much comfort. Yeah, it had, it had become, for lack of a better term, it had become easy. And yeah. we've got it real easy. Anything we want, I mean, we can Uber or or we can have any food we want delivered. We can have any sort of sexual de- deviance we want delivered on our phone. We can have any sort of alcohol. We can have divorce on demand. We can choose to abort our children or not support our children. We can not go to church and feel no societal impact on that. Uh, we can vote. We can not vote. We can work and not work. I mean, there is no structure to our lives right now, and anything that appeals to us is available to us so that the, the idea of self-denial is absolutely incredibly necessary in today's world because otherwise you are going to be drowned in the amount of in the amount of things they are force feeding you in this culture 100% and it's you know you just become reactionary you become react you know yeah this comfort this form of entertainment and then all of a sudden it's years down the road and it's like where where, where am i at all yeah. you know and and yeah. how you know you're yeah. the appetitive man and you are led by your appetites and you have had no growth whatsoever, <laughs> with the exceptions of what appetites can provide growth to, which is all unhealthy. And I love that aspect of your marketing because it's it's just very, very clear that, you know, what is 90 days in the big picture of your sacrifice if you're growing closer to God and you're exercising self-discipline and you're developing meaningful relationships? Well, you know, the that will only enrich you in truth. I can say as a father of six small children that um, I think God forced his hand on that with me with, uh, you know, just the independence that I had and then the interdependence of my wife and and myself and then the children. And then, you know, the, there's a term in the, at least the Byzantine church, they say, they call them green martyrs that they, they, they go to mass and, you know, it's like, they're not really participating because they're running around with their kids or whatever, you know? So there's like, there's, there's a, a complete spiritual change from my days at a seminary where I was able to like engage in that to now as a father, like receiving, you know, this, this cross really and saying, it's not, it's this, if I wanted to do what I wanted to do, it would be at the expense of these children. Mm-hmm. It's the right? slow spiritual martyrdom of a thousand crying babies when you take them to mass. Yeah. And and the, yeah. the same goes for me as well as a priest. And if I, I say this all the time, if I didn't have the structures of the day-to-day living that priesthood imposes on me circumstantially, yeah. I'd be a mess. I would be an absolute mess. More than you are now. Yeah, I'm a mess now. <laughs> but, but like, I, I think of, you know, waking up in the middle of the night, going to a hospital, yeah. you know, pushing yeah. myself at the yeah. 11th or 12th or 13th hour yeah. to go do one more thing. And, and I know yeah. that, you know, like down to the very core of who I am. Yeah. I could flee the occasion of the responsibility of love that, that the priesthood circumstantially is placing on me. And, and I could go and, and say, Oh, I can't make it. Or I delegate it to somebody else. Yeah. But that, that circumstantial dependence yeah. is driving me to more and I need to be pushed and I need for myself. I don't want, I don't feel like doing it, but I know objectively this is what needs to be done. Yeah. And I think circumstances in both respective vocations to priesthood and yeah. to married life calls you to the greater commitment and greater responsibility. And, yeah. And, and what you were saying, James, is it's the freedom, mm-hmm. right? It's that it's the, I have freedom every day that I wake up and I know 
you know, that I'm, I'm here to serve my, you know, to, to, to know God, to mm -hmm. love God, to, to come close to him, but also to be a father and yeah. a spouse. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you, you do have a level of freedom in that, that, you know, doing like, you know, you're giving things up. You're not, you're, you're not picking things up. You're not doing the normal thing. You're giving something up, but you're also adding something. You're adding something far greater mm -hmm. than what you can even conceive of by not having it. It's almost like this, there's this switch from, okay, I'm giving all this stuff up and, oh, it's going to be hard. And then, then it just starts clicking. At one point it just clicked with me where I'm just like, wow, this is like the ultimate freedom. Yeah. I'm like, not giving stuff up. I'm adding stuff to my life at the expense of lesser things. Yeah. 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 And I, a lot of times people look at these sacrifices as such a struggle and such a sacrifice and I'm giving them up and I just can't wait to get back to them. But the point of those types of things is, is to get the the freedom from those from the encumbrances that they represent, and how so many, that new things can flow into you. Yeah, and how many thousands of guys have done this that have even like come to you and just said, "Man, this completely radically changed my life." Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it happens almost every day to be mm -hmm. blunt. But yeah, we've had about seventeen thousand men through this in the last four years. That's Sex, a real so, movement. That's yeah, a real. That, that's powerful. I just found out yesterday that over twenty five percent of our guys are not in the United States which was totally news to me. Wow. <laughs> so uh, we're also pretty excited about, uh, part of me thought like maybe this is just kind of an American Catholic thing and I would have been at peace with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's just not proven to, to be yeah. so true. Mm -hmm. so, I think men yeah. everywhere, I mean, with the, the way the world is now, I mean, it's very similar everywhere and men everywhere need this. Yeah. So let's get into those five things that you, dude, I'm, I'm, we're talking right to you. I know you're, Ryan. Wagging this, the finger. This dude right here. Dude, are you talking to the Gordon Fisherman behind? Oh, right. Not talking to Howard. I'm talking oh, to the guy. Oh, you're talking to the people I'm in the camera. I'm talking to the guy looking <laughs> at us right now. You're listening. <laughs> you're watching us. Dude, stop doing these five things. You need to do these. And do it. You might already be doing some do of them, right? but if you're not, do all of them. All right. Number one thing men need to be doing, Catholic men need to be doing, is they need to be going to church. Yeah. Um. Studies have found that only one-third of Catholic men go to Mass weekly. That is a massive failing. That is in a, a wholesale abandonment of the patrimony of the church and of their spiritual lives. And I think it parallels the fact that of how many children are do not have their fathers around. That is an abandonment attitude. And with only one-third of men going weekly to Mass— Boy, that does not bode well for their spirituality or for the future of the church. So I'm wondering, develop that for me spiritually in, in your guys' perspective of masculinity and the importance of going to mass. How would you how would you fabricate that out and 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 just really develop those fibers of masculinity and the importance yeah. of mass? And so it kind of gets back to like, what does it mean to be a man? You know, mm -hmm. right? It's like a person called forth by God is I think what a Christian would say a, a man is, you know, a person called forth by God. But we live in a time where we kind of want to, you know, get this God thing removed from what it means to be a person. And then we just kind of end up talking on a very secular humanistic level, but we just miss really the total equation of our origin and also our end, you know, to be with, with God forever. Right. So it's, I think, you know, apparent that uh, so many of the human dignity struggles that we are suffering through as a culture or as a fake culture, whatever we want to say, are because we've just lost this God orientation to ourselves. And so the idea that we can live a human life without him and thus like not go to mass or participate in the sacramental 
life of the church and that have no consequence upon our our daily living and moving and breathing is 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 ridiculous definitionally yeah. One of the one of the things that gives man identity is a sense of duty. Now, number one, mass is fulfilling, and number you know, and it, 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 it's spiritually nourishing, and you're communing with the body of Christ. But there's also a sense of fulfilling your duty. You have a duty as a Catholic to attend mass every week, and there's few things that edify a man more than the ability to consistently fulfill his duty. I mean, you look at soldiers, you look at um, fathers, you know, of past generations, of course you go, you wake up, you do your job and you do it well. And as a Catholic man, your job is to go to mass every week. And the sense of number one accomplishment that you can have the sort of um, structure in your life to go to mass every week. Number one, it provides a structure to your week. Number two, it provides a sense of accomplishment of your duty as a Christian. And then the third, and to me, the most important part is the impact of what happens to the families of Catholics where the man does not go to Mass. Um, they did a study where it showed the impact of the differences between a man and his wife going to Mass with their children or just the mother or just the father. And they found that if both father and mother regularly attend uh, religious services, uh, this is multi-denominational, 33% of their children will end up as regular churchgoers and 41% will end up going to church pretty regularly. So you're looking at 74%. If both mother and father are going to church, your children will continue going to church. If the father does not go, but the mother goes every week with the children, only 3% of children end up becoming regular churchgoers and 59% become irregular. So 38% of children are lost if the father doesn't go. Now here's an interesting thing though. This is bizarre. This is the bizarre thing is that if the father goes and the mother goes, does not go. There's almost no difference than if the father and the mother both go. As the father goes as far as faith, that that is what the children will do. So if just the father goes, actually the percentage goes up from 33 to 38%. So if if the mother and father both go, 33% of children will go to mass every week. Yeah. If just the father goes, 38%. Yeah, I got to stop bringing my yeah. wife to mass. Well, no, <laughs> no, that's precisely not. Just send it to another parish. And it's, it's not meant to be any kind of disparaging thing against women and, and the, the importance right. that they no, play in the home at all. But it's just to say, like, there is something so fascinating about the spiritual generativity <clears throat> of a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think in my own experience, I, I would wake up every day and my father, you know, would be would be praying in his chair every day. 6.30 and 7, 7.15. And so it just ingrained in me as a young person, yeah, men pray, and mm-hmm. this is the way that I need to live. And it, it mm-hmm. modeled that for me. I look at this even in my my family, you know, the brothers that are really passionate about the faith, all the, all of us are active. Mm-hmm. The brothers that are not, eh, not so much, mm-hmm. or in verdicts out on some, yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, that, that study just... Oh, that's amazing. that's one of the most fascinating studies yep. on religious attendance I've ever read. Yeah. There was a beautiful experience that I had last night at Delacrosse's house. You know, we'd finished up a, a long day and we were, we were uh, sitting down, had a little bit of food and, and um, I was sitting down answering emails and messages and we had a baseball game on and Delacrosse pulled out his phone and he put on these old Catholic hymns and Leo was resting his head on his on his dad's shoulder, which is his son, Delacrosse's son, and um, who goes to daily mass with you occasionally, and mm-hmm. and 
Um, we pray a rosary every morning. Pray a rosary every morning, and <laughs> and it was cool. And and Ryan Delacroix said to Leo, he's like, um, you know, I really love going to mass with you in the in in the morning, and it was just a, a word of affirmation to him. And you could see how much he received that. And he rested his head on his dad. It was a long day for Leo, I'm sure, in his own world. Yeah. And it was a beautiful way of, of bringing closure to the day that was spontaneous. It was prayerful. It was deeply Catholic in the tradition of sacred music. And it was something spontaneous where you weren't doing that out of any type of show. It was just the natural relationship that you have with your son. And I think of the circumstantial fatherhood that's being conveyed in the sacraments of the church and the, and the structures of the church. When you wake up in the morning, you have a responsibility to your kids to be as best of a father as you possibly can be. Where are you going to draw that from? Yeah, Ryan yeah. calls me almost every morning or either on the way to Mass or on the way back to Mass with his kid. And he's like, oh, hey, so what's going on today? What are we working on? Oh, but hey, Leo, what do you want for breakfast? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but the time that he's spending with his kid, I mean, that's, that is more I, powerful. Yeah, and another thing, too, is like, you know, introducing the rosary to your family is a very powerful thing. I, I, I believe that. And, you know, my way of doing it is just we pray in the car and, we, you know, we were going hunting. Uh, Leo, he's kind of like my little cowboy and, and I'm praying the rosary. I get this new rosary and I'm praying it. And, and then I started driving when I was done. And I looked over after a few more minutes. I'm like, you know, you want to go to Bucky's, you know, <laughs> and he's got my rosary and he's staring at it and he's gripping it. And he's looking at this. He's like, it's just almost like I, I want to be like dad. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it's yeah. just like there's something I don't know about this. But I see him doing it and like, I want this, you know, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't like, I'm not going for that. Right. It's just, you know, it's right. like your dad, your dad was yeah. living his life. He's praying because he, he needs, he needs Christ, you know, yeah. and it just transmits something to yeah. you. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think a lot of men look at it and it's like, I've got to, I've got to do this or do that. It's well, just, actually, these are simple things. Mm -hmm. Praying the mm -hmm. rosary is actually one of the things on our list that men need to be doing. Either praying the rosary or consecration oh. to Mary, right? A little head. <laughs> and that's okay. We it's do fine. like to jump ahead yeah. every now and then. That's yeah. good. But I mean, you cannot understate the importance of, of manliness, yeah. but still having the um, humility, the, 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 the subjugation to our mother. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's not just all about machismo and just dudes and chest hairs and crushing beers and just being a man. Right. I mean, there is something to be said for a real devotion to the tender love of our lady that yeah. absolutely nurtures a man to be what he should be. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, yeah. I don't have any chest hair. I mean, it's like, it's a pretty... You, you got gold chains, though. I yeah. do have gold chains. <laughs> that was a really interesting way yeah, to yeah. spin that comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know... So, so all, all of this is changing for me drastically right now. I'm having my first child uh -huh. oh, next, good. next month. Congratulations. Oh, wow. Congratulations, oh, yeah, yeah. bro. Two things have happened, but, you know, the first is St. Joseph's, like, emerging out of nowhere for me. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I've always prayed to Joseph... Yeah, he's important, all of those <clears> things, but pretty abstracted from my actual yeah. spiritual life. That's <clears throat> been impossible so far in, in our pregnancy. But uh, but also it's just, yeah, you take this study and you, 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 you nail it down and it's like, wow, I have such a spiritual responsibility, mm -hmm. you know, not just material for this, this soul, you mm -hmm. know, and it's just, I feel, I mean, we, are, we don't even have our baby yet, but I mean, and the expectations just, just, just growing, but yeah. just that, that level of responsibility, it's just. Amen to yeah. that, dude. Yeah. When we look at Mary, she is the perfection of femininity. She is the new Eve. And beholding Our Lady, and, and it's just so evident in your life, I've known you for so many years, your experience of Our Lady and how that is cultured 
your faith is is so important for me too. When I when I went through my reversion experience and I was reading the scriptures and God was speaking directly to my heart and I was searching for meaning, the very first contact that I had was with the Blessed Mother and her sorrows, the seven sorrows of Mary, learning the rosary, praying the rosary, and it's it's the manifest femininity of the Blessed Virgin Mary that drew me out to make me want to become more of a man. Yeah. And when you think of the pinnacle of creation and God's creative hand, It is woman placed before man that makes man come out of himself and to truly become that virtuoso, that machismo, whether you have hair on your chest or not. That's right. (laughs) You need a couple cans of spinach, Chip I'm trying the spinach route, but you know. No, and I think it's to say, and it's that it's not just having... Uh, male spiritual role models. You don't have to just Moses the Black and Julius the Second, and you know. I mean, you can have Saint Drogo. Saint Drogo, right? No, I mean Saint Bernadette's one of my favorite saints. Um, Saint Therese of Lisieux is one of my favorite saints. Yeah. Teresa of Calcutta, Faustina Kowalska. Right. right. It's not a a um, a spirituality that excludes the feminine part of it. Uh, just so that you could say you're a masculine Catholic man, because that is not masculinity, the exclusion of femininity. Yeah. It's a complementary, it's complementing those, uh, those female religious um, role models and, and their guidance to make yourself a better man. Yeah, I think a lot too with the culture and how everything's on demand and, and everything's at your fingertips. Sometimes a, a man can feel like, uh, you know, this is, this is a lot, right? And, and so, I think it's really important to know that 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 we practice our faith. Like we we don't we don't achieve our faith. We we might achieve salvation through practice. the practice. Practice? We're talking about practice. practice? Not a game. Practice? Not a game. Y'all We're talking in here talking about practice. <laughs> um, yeah. So like for me, that was one of the biggest breakthroughs. Is like when I was introduced to the rosary. Is like, yeah, you know, I'm in here. Try this. You know, try this rosary, right? You know, and 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 practice it. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you need to pray the rosary and then that's it. It's just like you know, practice praying the rosary. Practice, you know. And so I think it's really important to note. And I'm sure some people, even with Exodus 90, might fall. You know, like a like a a Lent, you know. Wait a second, it's not a guaranteed thing. I can count. It's not a magic bullet. No, it's not. It's not. I wish you know (laughs) we have one, but you know, I think there's some some things that men would would desire out of the spiritual life that just quite frankly aren't yeah. there. Well, there's a saying that you cannot continue to be a sinner and pray the rosary. Either you will continue praying the rosary and stop sinning, or you will stop saying the rosary and start sinning again. They they really can't exist in the same space. So having that kind of that consistent prayerful practice and that devotion to Our Lady uh, really builds up a man. That's one of the five. I mean, and, and when we think about women, a woman as the crown of creation, and mm-hmm. we think of the Blessed Virgin in a particular way, I'm just really reminded of the poem by Gerard Manley Hopkins. Uh, it's, I think it's called Mary Compared to the Air We Breathe or something mm-hmm. like this. And in that, he just talks about how insofar as she is the pinnacle of, of creation in a way, that uh, she takes on a sort of influence and sway mm-hmm. over everything that is created, mm-hmm. even the air. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's a deeply moving poem, but it really should shape not just, you know, our spiritual practices, you know, the way we look about everything, the way we see everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and that deeply relates to her coronation. She has a sort of 
a governance over everything that is created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he so. was crowned. We're her subjects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, another thing that Catholic men need to start doing is participating in the parish. And this means, so this is kind of predicated on that first one of going to church, but male participation in parishes and in the parish life and in parish councils for, for what those are um, and creating a masculine presence is ne- is necessary for the life of parishes. And, you know, when I was growing up, you would still see some of the old guard men. They were the Knights of Columbus or they were the Holy Name Society. And they were the ones who would run the fish fry and they were the ones who would put up the festival tents and stuff like that. But male participation in the parish is has been ceded in many, many, many cases to women. And men no longer find a real home in the parish because they've been somewhat um, feminized by the nature that women are the ones making those decisions. And rightly, they're making decisions from their own genius. So they do things that make sense to them, but they don't have the complementary uh, male perspective to then be adding to what they're doing. This is not to say that parishes, uh, participation of women in parishes make them overly feminized. It's saying it's lacking male participation to balance that and to make a parish a fully uh, functioning place. Yeah, it's simple, right? I mean, like, just like, I mean, like my wife, she's the one that loops me into that all the time because I, I, I am not the parish participant. I mean, I'm just not I go to mass, I just try to go to mass every day, but like, you know, participating in certain things around like the gala and all that, I'm just kind of always reluctant, but I'm always happy after I'm done because I meet somebody new. And so, I mean, it's not even like, you don't even have to set up the tent, just go to something and Mm -hmm. shake hands with somebody else and just get to know them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I'm 28 years old. So I'm, you know, deeply familiar with, you know, how unfortunately even really great Catholic are my age kind of post college just like don't really get super involved at a parish mm-hmm. just kind of like float around in you know just like post parish the hop. sacraments parish hop despite the fact that we talk again you know against that all of the time and my wife and i have just had the most amazing experience when we moved up to fort wayne we, we joined uh, saint john the baptist uh, and uh, it's and it, we ended up moving into the neighborhood because the parish is right at the heart of the neighborhood so our homes like you know, are basically encircle it. It's really kind of, mm. kind of magical. It's beautiful. Pretty cool. But what's been so interesting there is like, as we've gotten involved in the parish and, you know, as we've encountered our priest, his name's Father Andrew. I mean, he truly is the father of our neighborhood and he models fatherhood to me in a way that deeply inspires me and bring, helps me bring that into the home. And if I was just kind of like floating around, I would never have those relationships. I wouldn't know all these Catholics in my neighborhood. We wouldn't really have a task to evangelize the neighborhood. And it's just been like this beautiful model of hope for me of, of really what a parish I think should be. Um, could be. And yeah. could be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's bringing that, it's bringing the church into the community to where it can actually have an impact yeah. on society and it no longer becomes that modern view of, well, religion is a personal thing and that's me. No, it, it starts taking the church and making it into a, a powerful societal force. Yeah. The church uh, is a family. Like we are is. brothers in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that foremost in our sort of relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. And we do nothing as priests, as pastors, without your involvement. We can do nothing without your domestic church fully alive, Mm -hmm. without your manhood fully alive. And, you know, for us, you know, for me, like putting in the bulletin Exodus 90 and talking to some brothers, you know, about, hey, let's do this. I know it's football season. 
I know this may be a challenge. I know adding different spiritual practices, you've never prayed the rosary, you've never read through the book of Exodus, you know, these are going to be good things for all of us and, and including me, because what happens necessarily is one, now I have a, I have a core group of brothers that I know even more deeply. And now that level of involvement, whether it's the pastoral council or whether it's a website design or whether it's social media marketing for the parish or whatever it is that people can fit into now we're off, we're off running because I know your gifts because we've spent a lot of time together praying and working yeah. together. I remember seeing the group that you were in in San Diego for mm-hmm. two years out of your parish. And it's just a men's group and they meet and a guy gives a little, uh, you know, we, we do a reading and he gives a little thing and we all go around and talk and everything. But the fraternity that's <laughs> developed from that, it's, uh, it's truly amazing. Like, yeah. You know, I'm having conversations with people I don't know, mm-hmm. and I'm learning about their interactions with each other, and 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 they're they're not normal. They're very close. They're you know with each other, right? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that this this relationship evolved out of this mm-hmm. group of people that said, "All right, after church, we want to get to know each other. We want to get to know each other's families. This is something that we intentionally do to increase our faith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and it's amazing to see that." A yeah. big shout out to to our brothers. You got, I know there's a lot of MPG brothers from California, from San Diego that listen into the show. Yeah. So a lot of love to you guys and a lot of, so you guys have given us a ton of support. So just know our love for, for you. And no, it's true. I, I, I tell you what, when, and when you're in a bind and let's say I'm having a rough day, yeah. the brothers find out and next thing you know, they're, they're surrounding me like, yep. Mm-hmm. And oh man, what that provides is unbelievable. And I know, you know, when Marty died, for example, yeah. all of us were there. Yeah. All of us with the family. You know, I, I was just like, guys, I need an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, a huge image. I don't know where to get it. There was an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. You <laughs> so know what I mean? You guys are kind of anticipating another thing on our list, it, which is spending time with other men, mm-hmm. right? Fraternity. <clears throat> Fraternity. Now, participating in the parish and making sure that you're doing that. And you're setting up programs so that men can establish that fraternity, but you have to have some leadership. You have to have some men to go into a parish and say, look, I'm starting an Exodus 90 fraternity at this parish. I'm starting a men's group. I'm starting a men's uh, service group or a, a Bible study or whatever. Have something there. If it's not there, participate in your parish and establish it. Exodus 90 provides a perfect format for that. You have resources even to help them to establish that. that right. in a parish. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So by doing that participation in the parish, getting some of these fraternities starting, then you can do another one of these things on that list, which is spending time with other men. Um, I mean, the experience of going to mass and being known by absolutely nobody there, I think is an experience most people have, you mm-hmm. know, and that's such a, such a tragedy. And there's things, you know, you can even do and participate in, in the life of the church today. And again, your struggles aren't actually known and you don't have the support like you're talking about with your, your brothers in San Diego. And that's just, that's, that's not how the church, which is a family ought to be mm-hmm. and should be. Right. And, um, I had this experience when I went to the college seminary, uh, in St. Paul where I showed up and I was just disarmed by how interested all of these guys were in knowing who I was, where I came from, my story, you know, the call of God upon me, mm-hmm. you know, to be there. And uh, it, was, it was an experience that has just driven me, you know, into our work, which is I want to build fraternities everywhere mm-hmm. because, you know, it's life is not, not meant to be alone, you know, and we know that scripturally even. Um, but yeah, place, you know, our parishes as places of fraternity, uh, it's, 
that's not a common experience for most. I don't think. And, and it really not. should be. But I mean, look, probably the main reason that we do the Catholic talk show is so that the three of us get a chance to hang out. I mean, if it was just two other dudes that I didn't know, I would not be doing this. I know mm-hmm. that for a fact. I'm I mean, the same. This is this is our fraternity, and it helps us grow in our faith together. And through that, our you know somewhat idiotic conversations <laughs> uh, can help hopefully nourish other people. You know, like when Delacross and I are doing our gibberish talk, and 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 your wife is like, "What?" Yeah, they go again. Yeah. Oh, no. they're, they're supporting each other and they're practicing of the Catholic well, faith. No, but like this, this apostle that we're doing, That's how they do it. It's our love language. You know, a lot of people asked how the Catholic talk show started. That's so true. A lot of people have asked how the Catholic Catholic talk <clears> show started, and it started out of fraternity and all the impact that we've been able to have and all the millions of listeners and uh, we've reached people in 150 countries, six continents. uh, That was because me and Ryan were sitting around in Napa having a couple drinks and talking like we just normally do in fraternity with some other dudes around. And they're like, guys are hilarious. And this stuff is you guys are talking about really deep, meaningful things that other guys don't talk about. More people should hear about this. So then Ryan goes to me, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, no, only because Sheila loves my soap opera beard. That's the only reason that I'm on the show, really. It is. I mean, and, and you you're jealous else? of my beard. You know what else people say, too, is like the dynamic, right? Or, you know, they're looking at it as a show, and I understand that because it is a show, but the, the dynamic, these guys are like, you know, really, you know, and, it, and it's because we, we it's share authentic. a fraternity we do, with yeah. each other and an authentic fraternity, not like, you know, it's not a business thing. It's not a show business thing. It's just like we have, we have, you know, before this show, we we were friends. Look, if we know? weren't and, from the cameras, we'd be hanging out anyways. doing this. No, we would. And and prior right. and That's prior right. to prior to that conversation in Napa, the the experience of our our brotherhood that goes back yeah. to the days where the diocese of Saint Augustine didn't have anybody in the seminary practically. There was Pretty just a much. couple of guys after that class of Andy Blaskowski and Dennis O'Shaughnessy, mm-hmm. some of the older brothers that went through uh, Sacred Heart and and uh, Blessed John the Twenty Third. You know, there was practically n- nobody in the in the in the pool. Yeah, and you know, I remember I was dating this girl, and I I gave a I gave a talk about being open to the priesthood because I was good friends with Father Tetlow, and that's when that's when Delacross and I met, and Delacross went into the seminary first. I followed up the year after. You know, everybody knows Delacross got kicked out of the seminary, and then we've maintained that brotherhood. And I can't tell you, for me, for a while there, I didn't have anybody I was journeying with in my seminary. You know, Delacross was it, and we connected real deep as as brothers and friends. And then that's when PT stepped in in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, and created that sense of fraternity. But we've maintained the friendship. And then through years of me going off to study for communications and then how this has all come together is all based on that fraternal charity mm-hmm. that Christ is calling us to. And and it's always refreshing to, to be able to get away for two, three days to shoot these episodes. It's renewing for me. And then I go back to the parish with extra zeal, extra passion yeah. to go meet the needs of, of the community. It allows us to live our faith, you know, and it allows us to actually be men who be around other men who've who faith is important to. Yeah. So and again, it's practice too, right? Yeah. I mean, like the fraternity is practice. Your, your, your program, it's like you're, you're engaged with people. Hopefully they're friends or yeah. they know each other or whatever. But I mean, even just showing up to a parish and just meeting people and stuff, it's kind of hard for a lot of people. Yeah. But it's just, practice. I, I was on a phone, I was on a phone call with a guy earlier who did Exodus 90. They started it and, but they, they didn't get together. You know, mm-hmm. and that was like a, a, a an absence for him. He's like, I really want to be in an Exodus, Exodus 90 program 
where we get together, you yeah. know? And and for me, like, I don't want to do Exodus 90 if I'm not getting together with the yeah. brothers that are doing it. So, so I think it almost invalidates yeah. the effect of it's it. It's spiritual suicide. That's you could, what you guys say on your website. It's well, you spiritual could do, suicide not to have You could do Exodus 90 on your own, but the fraternity really enriches it. So what role does fraternity have in Exodus 90. Yeah, I, I really think that without it, it's just not the same, wow. you know, and and because at the end of the day, it's not just about you and your relationship with God, and it's actually through your brothers that you stay in relationship with God. I'm always struck by how, like, when people get isolated and alone, their God images get super messed up. True. And it's 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 the grounding in other mm-hmm. relationships that help, help you to remember, like, oh, God's a father. You know, mm-hmm. he sent his son, the spirit, you know, all of these things. But like when you're off alone on an island, you just, you, you miss that. So, so for our groups, you know, we, we really encourage the men to, to get together every week. So there's a, a weekly fraternity meeting and it's very structured, laid out, kind of liturgical actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that helps kind of, you know, you give your own self account because you can't do that by yourself, mm-hmm. which is odd, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, we are made for a relationship. Uh, so we, yeah, we definitely say that, uh, you know, without the fraternity, you are missing a big part of this. This is not all a self-help mm-hmm. uh, experience there's plenty of that culturally and mm-hmm. uh, but the church is is a family i've said that multiple times mm-hmm. here um and I, I would say this that it's being in relationship with other men that i do think you're right like enlivens us to return to our primary vocations and then just give the best mm-hmm. the best of ourselves mm-hmm. right? And all of the women, like the wives of the brothers in in, uh, yeah. in San Diego, they were so appreciative yeah. because you know they would say they would say the, the wives would say, "Where are you going?" Yeah. And oh, I'm going, I'm getting going to MPG, or I'm going with Father Rich. Oh, you're going with Father Rich? Okay, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. and then the guys loved that we had yeah. fraternity time, and then they were returning to their wives renewed, and that's why their wives supported it yeah. so much yeah. because they came back right. with that zeal, with that passion. And if your time with other men doesn't renew you to go back to your spouse, uh, you're just you need new friends. Yes, Wrong sir. Right. Bottom yep. line. Yes, sir. Very good point. All right. So the last thing. So we've already covered the first four. The last thing that men need to start doing, Catholic men need to start doing, is practicing asceticism. Mm-hmm. Now. Would you explain what asceticism is? Now, I think immediately people think of being alone in a being alone in a cell. Levitation. And, you know, yeah. But there's there's more to it than that. Explain at least in the context of Exodus 90, how ascetic practices benefit a man. Yeah. So uh we had a decision to make at the beginning of all this. Uh do we use even the term asceticism? Because no one very few people know what it means. Fewer can say the word, uh, which is true, even for the guys through Exodus, which is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so asceticism is, is but it's, it's just part and parcel with being a Christian. And we see this all throughout our tradition. It's, 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 it's even in our catechism. I mean, you can't get away from the word. So we're just like, you know what? Let's redefine this for folks. Mm-hmm. So asceticism, you know, it's simply acts of self-denial. That's it. Uh, it's saying no to lower things, things that we want. Uh, not always even necessarily things that are sinful, which of course we, sh- we should say no to, but even just comforts, pleasures, uh, so that we can say yes. This is really important. We were talking about earlier about how the manifold choices facing men today, and we can just get lost in all of the opportunities. And so when we talk about Exodus as an exercise, a spiritual exercise to grow in freedom, it's not just so we can do whatever we want. It's precisely so that we can say yes to love mm-hmm. wherever the Lord calls us, whether that's to family life, whether that's to the priesthood. Uh, and then obviously, you know, minor callings and vocations like within the, that as well. So, but without a real possession of oneself, 
to give that gift? You, you can't, and you don't, and you're a worse husband and you're a worse priest. You mm-hmm. don't preach as well. You're not attentive and you're not present. Mm-hmm. And so what we always say to the guys is that maybe some of this stuff isn't very hard for you, or maybe you do some of this stuff already, but some are, some other parts of this kind of experience do kind of jab at you and annoy you. And that's for your good. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea of not watching sports, right? It's football yeah, season or brutal. it's baseball field. You know, like, man, that's, that's really tough for me. <laughs> Dude, I'm not. I'm not at home. I'm at church, <laughs> so I don't watch the Sunday football. I, you know, a lot of times Saturday football, college football. I don't watch that. You know, so for me, it's not that big of a of a sacrifice. NBA. That's going to be on, that, no. That yeah. is tough. And I've already looked at. I've already looked at the fact of some of the games I'm going to miss. No doubt, right. like NBA when that starts, even yeah, preseason so comes out and, and comes regular out. season and stuff. No, okay, for sure. Right. We got no, to no. It. And, yeah, and you're right. right. You're right. You're right. And but my my problem is is like going on YouTube and watching you know Stephen A. Jackson and yeah. you know Stephen like, A. Jackson yeah, yeah. Stephen A. Smith oh Stephen no. oh my God Stephen Jackson <laughs> played for the Pacers Steve Jackson. No, Steven, 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 yeah. Steven Jackson screaming screaming Smith garbage <laughs> Stephen Jackson you bring up Stephen Jackson but but Stephen A. Smith like to to listen to him or to to go to first take and watch first take I could do that for for hours Steve Jackson was the man yeah Mark Jackson played for the Pacers there you go. <laughs> All right. So, you know, but, but I mean, that's a, that's a a major (laughs) sacrifice for guys. So no matter what time of the year that you do Exodus 90, it's going to fall within a season of a sport that you love to to watch yourself. So here are some of the ascetic practices of the Exodus 90 program. Um, Practice regular intense exercise, get a full night's sleep. It's going to be hard one for me. Abstain from alcohol. Yep. Yeesh. I can do that. Abstain from desserts and sweets. No problem. Abstain from eating between meals. Abstain from soda or sweet drinks. Abstain from television, movies, or televised sports. Abstain from video games. Abstain from non-essential material purchases. Only listen to music that lifts the soul to God. Only use the computer for work, school, or essential tasks like paying bills. Only use mobile devices for those exact same reasons. Non-essential texting, app, and internet use is prohibited. And practice fasting days, Wednesdays and Fridays, abstaining from meat like you would during Lent. And then also taking cold, short showers. That's that's going to be the hardest thing for me, is a is a cold shower. That's a lot in of, the morning. That's After a lot of an I'm ask. Cool with cold shower. That's a lot of an ask for a man. But the benefit again, you got to get away from that mindset that. It's uh, you're you're just getting rid of stuff to just for the pain, the pain and the and the loss of those things is so that it can prepare you to better and more open experiences to everything else. So singing Frank Sinatra in the shower for not thirty minutes for thirty minutes. If if you can do that, your shower is not cold enough. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) <laughs> this is one of those benefits That's me, that I man. Anticip- You're talking to me, bro. <laughs> this yeah. is one of those things I didn't anticipate as a benefit of Exodus 90s that when we're uh, recording our show, I don't have to hear this fool screaming Sinatra all morning in the shower. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. blasting yeah. through yeah. the door. do it anyway. But in a cold shower, I'll just be like high pitched. Yeah. Balsetto. You know? Well, it's like, you know, when we talk about the structure of it all, I mean, we also got to keep in mind that we also ask the guys to pray an hour a day with at least mm-hmm. 20 minutes given to silent prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are unbending with that. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that, you know, why do I think Exodus is scaling like it is, which has been pretty amazing. I mean, we're basically, mm-hmm. it's basically doubling. It's incredible. Every year. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And 
that never should have happened uh, from where this started. I can attest to that better than anybody. And uh, But the reason for that, I think, and what we've received through prayer is we're just creating a frame, you know, for just how present, active, alive, moving Christ is. Mm-hmm. But we are so medicated. We are so distracted. We, we He becomes abstract, which is bizarre because, mm-hmm. you know, who is Jesus? I mean, it's the face of God. God mm-hmm. becomes a man in him. Mm. You know, and so for him to become abstract is, is a great tragedy. Yeah. And so why do we think this is moving? Why do we think this is attracting? Well, you know, it's creating that space for him to just show up and move and be their Lord. Yeah, brother. Yeah. So could you share with everyone how they can participate in Exodus 90 and where they can go to learn more and, and get your app and Absolutely. start doing it? Yeah. So if you're just interested in learning more about Exodus, uh, Exodus90.com, it's as simple as that. Uh, there's a lot of you know testimonies you can find by just searching and seeing what comes up from past uh, participants. Uh, we do have a mobile application both uh, in both stores, so Google Play uh, and the App Store. So you know it's pretty it's as simple as downloading and starting to invite your friends into your into your brotherhood. So uh, that you know we basically built that to make this as easy as possible. Uh, to start building your brotherhoods and uh, starting the journey. Yeah, and there's a big journey starting this Thursday. That's right. Yeah, September 26th. So, yeah, September 26th is 90 days to Christmas. So our biggest times of the year are uh, 90 days to Christmas and then 90 days to Easter. We do have groups that start uh, every day, but uh, most men choose to end on those high feasts for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so September 26th is that uh, start date for Christmas. Right. And I'll make sure I put a link on here so that people can join uh, our official Catholic talk show, Exodus 90, uh, invitation list and right. our wait list. So uh, you've probably already seen that link, but I'll put that on here so they can sign up too. So awesome. uh, James is awesome having yeah, you. I mean, really enjoyed it. You know, the things that you're doing for the church uh, through Exodus um, and these, these 90 day uh, practices is really, it's a really important thing and we can't thank you enough for being on the show. Yeah, 100%. So if you want five things to do to manifest your greater masculinity and your call that God is placing upon your soul, Obviously, Exodus 90 will create that structure and that form for you to to be built up. And we need to build each other up. As iron sharpens iron, we need to be sharpened by one another. We need each other to grow in holiness. And truly, we thank you so much for the mission that God has entrusted to you, that you've responded to. Clearly, the charism of the Holy Spirit is upon it, and we could see it in its growth and its fruitfulness. And we thank you so much, as well as the Exodus 90 family, for supporting this show and continuing to support us in our mission. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me into your brotherhood today. It's absolutely. been a joy to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll see you next week. God bless. Mm-hmm.